You're listening to the Savoir Faire Audio Experience. Are you ready? The Savoir Faire Experience is your guide to everything that has to do with lifestyle. From dating, rides, style, and entertainment. All brought to you by the editor of Savoir Faire Magazine, Robert White. Anything goes on this audio experience. So, let's go. It's still the best. All right, welcome to another episode of the Savo Fair podcast. Today is a new format. We're trying something new. It's the in-studio option, so we get to show off a little bit of the studio. And our guest today is Dan Hunzik, the creator and owner of DPH Games. That's me. That's you. Um, so we're going to hang out and talk with Dan a little bit about board gaming and some of his experiences uh, in the industry, and we'll talk a little bit of Savo Fair and confidence as well. Um, one thing that I like about Dan is that he's got lots of years behind him in um, counseling, and so me. there might be some fun questions we can ask to, uh, to challenge him a little bit. So let's start with a little bit of backstory. Um, went to college for your degree, and then taught at a high school for a while, or or counseled. What's what's the correct term? <laughs> <laughs> you counsel at a high school? Yeah, uh, I, was a, I was a counselor. Counselor at a high yeah. school, okay. So. And then from that experience, you moved into DPH games. So let's start with... Uh, correct. There you go. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing summarized. All right, perfect. So we did, we're, we're <laughs> good. It. All right, thanks for coming by. Uh, yeah, see ya. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's jump back into like a uh, little bit experiences about the gaming and stuff. Okay, experience about the gaming. Yeah, like or from from. Okay, counseling to counseling gaming, to gaming, which yeah, is a natural that? transition. Yeah, perfect. everyone does. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, after I left, um, we actually it wasn't that direct route, but anyway, I uh, started DPH Games in 2013. Um, with a geocaching game that we came up with because I went out to buy one for a friend's birthday party and there weren't any, which was really weird because we th I thought there was a game about everything. Right. So kind of made one um, that we played at his party and uh, the other people there weren't geocachers. We're like, you should do something with this. So um, came back to the think tank I happened to be working out of at the time and... Uh, you know, talked with Jim and the people there. And, and he said, do you want to start a company or just make a game? And I said, yeah, a company sounds like fun. Little did I know. <laughs> and um, so, uh, you know, he's like, well, you need other ideas. And so we, I kind right. of thought up what, what would be next. And I, you know, out of that original five that I came up with, hmm. We definitely made two of them. I don't remember okay. if I actually made the other three. Was, I was, the, was geocaching uh, or Catch Me If You Can, was that was the birthday version of that, like the actual prototype that turned into the board game? Oh, gosh, if I could show you. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious. So what it was is because I hadn't been keeping up with modern board gaming that much. I was doing other things that were gaming-like and, and, and some computer game stuff, but... Uh, the first half of it was sort of like Monopoly where you went around and you're trying to land on certain spaces to get coordinates to then go out into the woods and, and geocache. Mm -hmm. And um, what happened was after the friends said you should do something with this, uh, we 
the, the same friend of mine happened to notice there was a gaming convention in his hometown of Geneseo, and okay. he went. I, I think I was working, but he went and called me up and said, you need to get up here. And so Saturday, I drove up to Geneseo, and there was a guy there, Dallas Hogue, who used to work for Mayfair Games, I believe. Um, and he sat down with us and took time and just, you know, asked a bunch of questions. And one of them was about the dice moving around the middle of the thing. And he's like, the fun part of the game is, like, jumping out into the woods. And so uh, based on kind of his advice and, and, and uh, playing some other stuff, modified it. So there are some hmm. definite similarities to, to the original prototype, but we okay. got rid of... Uh, essentially half of that game which was not the interesting part right so <clears throat> from from um from catch me if you can mm -hmm. you moved into what was the next so game the while we were working on that and that took quite a while i um the second i had a list of five games we were planning on making um, so the geocaching one, Cache Me If You Can, was first. Psychological Warfare was next. I really can't remember the other three now. <laughs> I don't think we made any of those. Um, so Psychological Warfare was next, and the thinking there was, what else do I know? And uh, oh, you know, Psychology. I, I knew psychology. Oh. And A, when I searched the name, there, there wasn't a game called that, which I thought was just crazy like mm -hmm. I, every two weeks i'd go back and search going how could no one have a game called this so <clears throat> anyway uh i had ideas that i would write down i remember the drama queen was like the first <laughs> idea i had to put in this game and so but i had just random notes i didn't know how i was going to make it work um we had tried a few things and they didn't work really well um then i played a game called trains and it was actually something an event that the same dallas hogue had invited me to okay and uh there was something in that game that triggered um and i need to go back and play it because i don't remember what it was now that triggered the thoughts and, I, and that gaming thing i went to i was driving back home at like 2 30 a.m like wide awake going yeah 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 oh and i could oh yeah yeah that will work that'll work and so i should have been tired because i got there at 11 a.m um and so uh I don't know that that piece that I saw in the trains game is still in psychological warfare, but it inspired to go down that path. Nice. <clears throat> okay. So what's so Cash Me If You Can was kind of an accident. They really launched the company. Yeah. But psychological warfare was planned. Intentional. Yeah. Intentional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how do how do you go through the phase of like from stage one to I have an idea, the name is available. Then you have to kind of build all those concepts together before you can actually start building it. And I mean, I know I know from experience right. that it takes a long time to build these things with you. But like, give me some of that internal yeah. first step stuff. So for me, and it's not necessarily the same for everybody that does board game design, but for me, it focuses on theme typically. Mm -hmm. um, so how can we? play this where it feels like the thing you're doing in the game would be the thing in real life and so psychological warfare was i remember some of the decisions were tough because when does the game end like you know what when does psychology when end? you get depression and so yeah, well no that no you can get that and get out of it in the game oh good good um That's so, real life. yeah so 
Uh, no, it's basically uh, a random, not exactly random, but when you play through the deck so that it really doesn't end in a sense. The game ends, but it doesn't feel like, oh, we all died or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whenever your psychology would stop. not good for your psyche no. if you die in the game. No, no. <laughs> and, and, and so we don't want everyone dying at the end. So it's basically, it feels like it's a slice in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, during that slice of t- in time, you're, you're doing things that um, affect other people or yourself. And it's all psychology themed, which we hinted at. Um, so you get defense mechanisms and stuff like that. So... Um, but I kind of hinted at this too, that getting the mechanic that feels like um, the thing is takes time and it takes like maybe playing other games and other ideas. And so I think the thing that was kind of related there was uh, the emotional baggage piece of the game. Mm-hmm. So when you play, when you do an action, almost every action has some emotional baggage attached to it. And, and what that does is at the end of your turn, you refill your hand and, and each baggage you have restricts how much stuff you can get so the more emotional baggage you have the less you can do so as i talk about that mechanic you can see how it correlates to real life right and and you you know you have that baggage until you go to therapy and then you can clear it out so um it's it might not work the same if we had it functioning some other way it might not feel as close to Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's what emotional baggage does. And to that, to go full circle, what the Drama Queen card mm-hmm. does is you gain energy for everyone else's emotional baggage. But is there, a lot baggage of, too. is there a lot of education built into all your themed games, too? Like, I would not I know. say that this is an educational <laughs> game. Okay. It's uh, education but it's, in it's that based the terminology on, is... But it's based on real theories. And stuff. Yes, it's all based on actual yeah. theories. The defense mechanisms are all real defense mechanisms. You can get okay. neuroses, which technically they don't call them that anymore, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah, there's phobias. There's cognitive dissonance and on and on. So, okay. um, yeah, it's all based around that, but um, it's not... I don't know that you're going to learn a, a, a lot of stuff. <laughs> About I mean, psychology from playing yeah, I mean, the game? It, yeah, you know, like you play the repression card. The idea was that you kind of know what repression is. I mean, you don't have to, but you kind right. of know what it is, and then in the game it functions by you can hide emotional baggage under that, and it doesn't affect you because you're repressing it. So, okay, but it's not really, <laughs> you know, oh, I fully understand repression now because, uh, yeah. That's where I tuck my emotional baggage. I see. So it's it's and it would be a good refresher, if, you know, if you play if you'd taken AP psychology in high school and wanted to mess around with it after maybe, but okay, some of the terminology. But it should be the class before the game, not the game before the class. <laughs> uh, if, if you're going to make it a learning tool, yeah. Otherwise, okay. it's mostly stuff that people have heard of, so it's not really, easy enough. Yeah. So catch me if you can. Game one, psych warfare. Game two, one was a board game, one was a card game. Mostly card game, yeah. Mostly card game. Well, it scores a little bit. Okay. It has a slight board game feel, but it's essentially a card game. So is there a difference? I mean, is there a difference between being a company that does just board games compared to being card games? Not not really. Not really? I, I okay. think it's a choice of, again, as you choose mechanics, you also choose... Um, uh, what do you want to call them? Uh items i don't want to call them items but the, you know what you're you the tools of the trade what you're using to um 
convey that. So sometimes you need a game board, sometimes you don't. Sometimes cards work, sometimes dice work, sometimes other components would function better. Um, So the next came Cats, a sad but necessary cycle of violent predatory behavior. The longest freaking title for a game ever. That's what I was going for. (laughs) Um, And it's silly, and the birds are all badly punned uh, birds, like Cluck Norris and Scarlett Johansson Hen and all that stuff. And and excuse me. <laughs> and you play cats in the backyard trying to catch eat steel birds. Mm-hmm. And that's like a light twenty minute game. Um and that came about um because there's wow, well, we were supposed to make a bird watching game and instead of <laughs> watching the birds eating them seemed to be a lot more fun. So Totally. Um, totally more fun. Especially if you're a cat. <laughs> yeah, that's where that one came from. I think somewhere mixed in, then we did a zombie apocalypse expansion pack to the geocaching game, and then we okay. did a superhero expansion pack to the geocaching oh, game. Oh, that's and, what I want to check out. And they were designed that you could play them all together, and so um, you could play zombie apocalypse superhero geocaching um, although one comment was this doesn't feel like geocaching much anymore because there's <laughs> so much other stuff going on. The superhero one isn't we don't really have available anymore, but um, okay. it was too expensive to make for what we could do. Um, but it was fun, and the zombie one we still have around. Okay. So give me the quick rundown from, where did you say, cats? From cats forward to, like, now what's the, what's give me the rundown yeah so after cats uh was affliction salem 1692 which is totally opposite of cats mm-hmm. uh, a historically accurate game uh super low luck um probably about an hour play time um all the characters are actual people and it, it were part of the salem witch trials and they sell the game at the salem witch trial museum mm-hmm. uh after that was gate of relay or however that's said, and it's a Cthulhu-based hidden role game um, <coughs> where it's a four- to eight-player game, and that, again, takes about an hour. But it's highly social and interactive compared to Affliction, which is kind of thinky and strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, Agent 299, which is a nine-card game. Um, <laughs> so each player puts two cards down in front of them. You can't look at your own cards. You can only interrogate other people, look at their cards, and then swap. So um, that's probably a 10- to 15-minute game. Um, pretty inexpensive because it only contains 10 cards, but nine are playable. One's the rules first player card. Okay. Um, and then uh, I think, not sure about the timeline, but then uh, Cash Me If You Can, the card game, um, which was to create a more portable version of the game that you could just take with you if you were a geocacher. Um, then uh, in tense, which I have to separate, so it's I-N space T-E-N-T-S, um, mm-hmm. and it's a camping game. It's a, a light three- to eight-player camping game comes in a plastic waterproof case so you can take it with you um camping okay and those are all the things that are that are available uh, now out right now now psychological warfare has essentially sold out i think there's maybe 20 copies left in the u.s for sale the geocaching game is essentially sold out um i think we just moved some from a warehouse we found they had some 
to geocaching.com and they'll probably sell through them uh, by Christmas. Nice. But we have newer editions of those both coming. So Psychological Warfare will be a little bit after Christmas and the geocaching game probably in February. Then after that will be a game we signed that I didn't design. So that's a new thing. Um, hmm. That's called Inca Empires, the card game. Um, designed by Alan Ernstein, who designed the board game back in 2010. Um, we have, as you know, because you've played it a lot, is Usurp the King, yep. which is a half-hour game, depending on the number of players, and has seven different victory conditions, and it feels very Game of Thrones-ish. So uh, we have that one, and then we have the... There's the so the smash hit, which will be casting call. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They almost forgot that one. <laughs> that was all inspired by Robert, um, and so that is about the modeling industry and becoming a trying to become the first model to make yeah. it to the runway in Paris. It's kind of a cool collaboration, I guess, right? Because yeah. besides having the magazine and having Savoir Faire, also I've been working with a lot of models for the last few years. So I learned quite a bit about that industry so they take your expertise in the game world and then well you know about the industry absolutely. and then the industry and then put them together and make a game out of it it's it, been a fun project yeah it was interesting because uh we took the game up to the modeling camp and um the first year i mean i wasn't really sure what to expect from the models because um, who knows in terms of board games and models right. it's not a thing that i've seen <laughs> at board gaming conventions a lot to be honest and um, what was interesting, what made sense after the fact, or as it happened, but I hadn't anticipated, was how seriously competitive they were. Like, oh, I yeah. am going to win this thing. I am going to be the best model. I don't know how to play yet, but I'm going to win. <laughs> and, I mean, it's a competitive uh, career. So right. um, that was that was really interesting to, to see. And uh, and we've made adjustments based on their feedback. And so someday that we'll get that It's coming out. along. I'm, I'm, I keep saying September of next yeah. year. So maybe September of 2020 will be the year. Let's hope. But I, who knows? There's so many things well, in the works and right As now. you hear these projects, there's one I can't right. talk about because I signed an NDA that's going on. And I probably won't publish that one. That's I'm helping someone else design that. And then we hope. We just signed um, a project to do, uh, a, it's not even a game really, it's a toolkit to help um, case uh, caregivers communicate with people that have dementia or, or non-communicative kids. So mm. yeah, there's a little bit going on. That's a lot, definitely. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the process. So I, wanna, I we talked about, got this, some of the game information, but the process to actually create a game if there was like a five steps to create a board game, what would those steps be? How do, how do you, how would you categorize those things? Um, so uh, having the idea and the inspiration, uh, generating some mechanics to match that, um, okay. play testing and development. Just uh, like the biggest chunk. Well, which will be the biggest chunk, and we'll keep going back to that. So, and right. it's it's very different early stage than late. So early stage, you might blow up something entirely and mm -hmm. say, oh, this just isn't working. We need to do it this way. Um, right. I mean, that's possible late stage, but um, <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> uh, so then um, playtesting beyond our group, but it's still playtesting, but getting it out into at conventions and other 
uh, areas. Then um, next would be artwork and graphic design, which is the typically the last uh, step because you don't want to pay for artwork and then say, oh, we don't need this anymore. Right. And you have art that you can't use. And then uh, the manufacturing, getting things set up, having the manufacturing uh, done, uh, getting stuff shipped. Um, typically, you're going to manufacture overseas and yep. getting it shipped here. Um, and then for and manufacturing and distribution, distribution. And, yeah. and sales and <clears throat> marketing, which is actually the you know part that most designers don't have an interest in because those skills don't uh, skills or interests I should say don't necessarily line up. Selling right, and right. marketing is sort of the opposite end of the spectrum of artsy, fartsy, creative stuff. Um, I, I it's two different people for sure. The yeah. starting process of it, going through the gameplay, creating everything. That's kind of where the arts part of it ends. Yeah. And then when you get into like, oh, we got a few months off because we're waiting for product to show up at the coast. Once it does, distribution, sales, marketing, it's a different skill set. It is. And but not one I'm particularly great at. <laughs> and so that's, you know, that is the challenge of, of it being my own publisher. But, um, you know, larger companies obviously ferret out those jobs and different people mm-hmm. do them. And maybe someday we get to that point. Right. Okay. So I'm curious about, um, well, it's a lot of different skills. I don't think it's just one skill. A very traditional business person probably wouldn't be able to come in without some education in like gaming for sure to be able to just start a company and then run it. So there's a lot of like learning curve to your development in this industry too. Yeah. And it's a different industry in a, in a lot of ways. I have a, a sales rep that uh, you know, has been doing it for a long time in retail. <coughs> and um, he's just like, wow, <laughs> it's just functions differently, distribution's different, mm-hmm. um, and how they function is, is different. So in terms of the sales and marketing, it's, it is unique. Um, and as far as owning a company in this industry, it's still relatively small. It's been growing uh, a lot. It's a, it has significant growth over the last 10 years. But the cool thing is all these other small companies, um, we all seem to work together really well. You'd think it would be competitive, but it's really... Yeah. Uh, I've had more small game companies give feedback and input on how to make our games better. And I try to spend time doing that. And, and a lot of new people that come up with ideas. And just uh, it's a free uh, sharing of information. And I... You know, I would like to say I think it's, uh, you know, the philosophy is the rising tide floats all boats or whatever that saying is. <laughs> right. But, um, but I think it's just the nature of the people that are in the industry that they right. want to help and share their knowledge. So um, what should be seen as competition isn't really <laughs> um, in that <laughs> one. <clears throat> um, and in, in terms of the development and understanding uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different ways to go. What what makes a, a good board game is so subjective that, you know, who's your audience, mm-hmm. how do you package it, how important is the art, all that stuff you really need to, to learn. Yep. I think it, well, okay, so there's, there's some education, there's time to go through all these changes. What's kind of cool that it just kind of popped in my brain is there's some similarities to what I'm doing with the magazine world what you're doing with the gaming world is that every time I create a new issue, I'm creating another product. And just like you're creating a new game, just a difference. You know, I'm putting out something every three months 
consecutively because I have deadlines. Um, but you're doing something randomly, maybe a game a year on average. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, but but the creative process of that is kind of equal to the same thing. Yeah, and I'm betting that your first issue looks a lot different than oh, your absolutely. Last, last issue. A hundred percent amateurish. Like I would never show anyone my first issue that I created That's because why I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> it's hidden away in a safe somewhere where no one can see it. But like the first issue I ever created of Splash Magazine, which is the other brand that I own. Um, that one was just kind of offset, like somewhere in a nice safe place, because it's the first issue that was ever created that I ever create, like so five years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. But what I was trying to get to is, um, it just takes one. Like I know one big cover for me would launch my brand, and you you know that like one good game could just be like boom, everyone knows what DPH is now. Yeah, and it and it. Um I mean, this is, I'm on year six, and there's definitely more brand recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, people have heard of us. Uh, the Affliction Salem game had gotten a fair number of national reviews, mm-hmm. showed up on The Simpsons, which was kind of... South Park. The, South Park, not The South Simpsons. South Park, Sorry. yeah, it's Oops. so good. Oops. We don't watch that's cartoons, not. don't... <laughs> yeah. Let's hope there's some editing involved. Um, <laughs> even if not, though, uh, yeah. And so when I said it, I'm like, "That's not right." But um, we're working you know, on so. we're working on getting The Simpsons. Yeah, so just no, in case someone's connected to that show, maybe Bart could put this on his uh, gaming shelf, like yeah. they did in South Park. And I don't know if Bart plays board games, but whatever. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, so uh, you know, people are asking me, "How'd you get it on there?" And I didn't know you watched that show and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And I'm like, I, I I didn't do anything. They found it and put it on there, so it was pretty yeah. cool. Um, so, you know, the Salem Witch Trial Museum says it's the best-selling product they've ever had at that price point. And then I have a number of people telling me that, uh, well, and it has continued to sell. So, uh, gaming industry has become similar to writing a book because the production is easier to do now than it used to be. And just like you could go and put a book on Amazon, um, it's much easier to do. So it's getting heard above the noise is the, is the real challenge. And so something comes out, it sells really well for three months, and then it kind of falls off right. as, as people's attention goes to other things. And Affliction has kind of been steadily selling for two years. And I have some marketing people saying, well, because of the historical nature of it, because of the, mm-hmm. the way it, it was just, they can explain it better than me. But um, so that one is kind of uh, hung around as an evergreen. Um, whereas so that's kind of like so that so affliction turned into like the bunt that got you to second base, <laughs> not the home run, yeah. but it's the one that's like man, that was a really good play. Well, it definitely advanced uh, awareness right. of us, and and it's but you know we're still small, and um, so um, but you know, people notice us a little bit more than mm-hmm. definitely than when I started. And so even in, in developing usurp the King, uh, suddenly there was a guy with a, uh, webcast saying it was one of his 30 most anticipated games of origins, which is a nice large game convention in Ohio. And, um, so he spotted that and, and it looked interesting to him. And so, very cool. um, but some of that's the artwork and some of the, some of the things I've learned along the way. Right. Um, so there's an interest in, in that game. I <laughs> just, we need to get the art done. And yeah. Art, do you art. get the, do you get to deal with some of the, like the fan stuff in this industry? Does, does gaming be like, Oh my God, that's Dan from DPH games. Like, is there a celebrity kind of status that comes with being the creator? Have um, you felt any of that yet? There's, uh, 
Uh, uh, I, oh my God, I don't know so much. I mean, okay. there was one instance uh, that that happened. It was pretty funny, but uh, <laughs> it's it's. But I feel like it's kind of a hidden thing. It's it's okay. So like, I would describe it this way. Um, the the product like Savo Fair magazine is what people know. They don't know that Robert White's the guy behind it that creates it who's the editor which is what i'm trying to change with the podcast and other stuff so in the gaming industry i'd be like oh affliction is what i know dph is what i know we really don't know who the guy is so if i came to your booth i wouldn't know if you were the owner of some like if i met the owner of hasbro or something i'd be like yeah nice right. to meet you no, i really don't know right. who you are i care more about the game i've had plenty of conversations with major yeah. name designers and i had no idea who i was talking to yeah see so um, i feel it's so to combat that i guess if that's the right word is now uh starting forward in the back of our rule books there's a little section about the author kind of about the designer okay. so like you see on the back of uh books where they yeah. have the author well the real estate on the back of a game box is too valuable to put especially my photo on it um <laughs> so it's in the back of the rule book and maybe the one or the two of the good marketing ideas i ever had is we wear this weird flowered hawaiian flowery bucket hat and I'm mm -hmm. wearing it in that photo, and every big convention, I'll wear that hat. So okay. uh, that way, um, if you don't know, if you own the game and you really like the game, you will have noticed the person in the hat, and right. so I'm easier to find. Okay. Um, I, but I, I have people that, you know, purchase this year at Gen Con, which is a massive game convention in Indianapolis, about 70,000 people a day. Uh, I had these two guys come up that they'd been, they, they just, they said they had to find me because they really love the game. And then they go on this whole thing about it. So it's a little mm -hmm. more about, it's, it's nice to meet the designer more so what? than, oh my God, <clears throat> this is the designer. Yeah. Okay, so you've had a couple interactions with like fan people then. Yeah, well, yeah, like, more, I, more than a couple, but okay. yeah, yeah. So give me a little bit of like, now we can, that's a perfect little segue into the psychology stuff and the confidence stuff. What is, what is, um, like from your perspective, how do you deal with those things? Like for me, when people come up and recognize me or say like, oh my gosh, I know your brand, I'm a subscriber or whatever, I love that stuff. But it's just like a, like an internal smile like success kind of like you you stand a little bit taller when that happens like do you feel like you get a little bit of that too when people come up to you and kind of you know give you a bunch of attention because of what you created well um and maybe it's because of the counselor stuff yeah um sure a little bit but more of it's the satisfaction that i made something that gave these people such joy that you had to go seek me out and like to thank say, you and yeah, meet you, you know, yeah, that, yeah. So that that um, that that had that kind of impact in your life that you'd come find me mm -hmm. um, is pretty cool. So um, somewhat, but a little more about um, it's a little bit more validation that that right than, that you're doing the right thing, than, yeah, than necessarily. Right. Um, the other stuff but it's there too i mean that's kind of cool we have people right. say it. i mean the one the one funny one was i was teaching psychological warfare to this woman at my at our table and i had the banner sign up with it and this girl walks by with her friend and says um oh my god that's that game 
And so I had a promo card and I just kind of reached out to hand it to her mm-hmm. and she took it like I gave her a gold bar and she's just staring at it. It was pretty funny. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, oh my God. And I said, well, she's like, my boyfriend is not going to believe this. He loves this game. He's just not going to believe I got this card. And I said, well, you could tell him the designer gave you that card. And, and she totally like freaks out like, oh my God, oh my God, no, this can't be. He's never going to believe me. He's never going to believe me. So we did some photos and I wrote a note saying she's not lying and all That's this awesome. stuff. And so it was kind of funny. That was the, the funniest one because they right. just, I mean, they were huge. So it was like, like a really good positive reaction to yeah. that. The downside is one of the things I really love to do is when we're at a booth and, uh, you know, you, you buy one of the games, I, I like to say, well, you know, if you want, I can get the designer to sign it. He's kind of a jerk, but I'll, I'll be happy to ask him, <laughs> you know, and I could probably, if you really want it signed, I really can, I can talk to him and see what we can do. And they're like, oh, that would be great. Could you do that? And then I open the box and sign it. And they're like, oh, you jerk. <laughs> You're right. You're right. He was a jerk. <laughs> That's awesome. But more and more what happens is people just sort of read it like, oh, you're the designer, aren't you? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, fine. Call yeah. me. Um, right. Well, we're both kind of in uh, industries where we're kind of hidden away. I think. I mean, you go to a lot of conventions, so you really are involved in the yeah. community of yeah of gaming and, in general. But and so there's a bit of crossover, maybe more so to books than magazines, where you buy. I mean, what's the biggest word on Stephen King's books? It's King, and you you right, don't even right. know the title. It's buried there somewhere. It's Stephen King. Oh, it's a Stephen King book. I'm going to buy it or Patterson or on and on. So. Uh, Gaming is kind of there that people will know this game is designed by this designer, mm-hmm. um, and that becomes important. And so, you know, Mama taught me to be humble, and so it's a little awkward to to kind of push my name, try to push my name out there. Right. But um, so, but it is important, at least if it's not my name, that it's the company that you know mm-hmm. you're getting you know, a, a unique game each time that, that you get one of our games. Um, Is there, like, cult following, too? Like, other people that buy every DPH game when it comes out? Yeah. Do you know those people, too? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever I'm going to show up in certain game stores, there'll be people that come. And, and um, you know, they're awesome. They're just really yeah. awesome folks. And They we call them, like, super fans, then. I, I don't call them that, but sure. They're, like... Thank you so much for buying everything and keeping me employed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's um, there's people that will buy, like, like we're re-releasing Psychological Warfare, and I know, mm-hmm. like, one of the, the first order that came in, um, she doesn't need the newer version of that game. They She's buying it to support me. Right. And so that, you know, it's just really sweet. And that's that's other, going on now, right? Is the Kickstarter still active yeah, for the new one? Yeah, about nine more days, yeah. What's the URL for the Kickstarter? <laughs> well, it's a super long URL. So, um, <laughs> is it one of the crazy ones with all the letters and numbers and stuff? It's not really. Yeah, pretty okay. much the easiest way is to go to Kickstarter. Got dot, sorry, Kickstarter dot com, <laughs> not got milk. Uh, <laughs> Kickstarter dot com and search psychological warfare. Um, okay. Now that you're saying that, I've really not pushed this a lot and i probably should have on our website that it's going on right now so maybe i'll go back and do that i should probably have it as a header in my facebook page oh my god i need a social media person maybe you need a marketing guy yeah i do you just need a marketing well actually a marketing woman and i know where she is i just gotta be in a position to hire her (laughs) yeah it's tough well you're starting off with uh taking on all these responsibilities as a company or an entrepreneur and then trying to 
delegate some of those things to time in the schedule, that's a pain in the butt. Like yeah. you really are twenty people in one in one. Like you are yeah, the guy that's choices. the creation. Yeah. You are the guy who's doing <laughs> the book work. You are the guy who's booking and organizing your trips, and then being the face of the brand. Like it's a lot of work. Yeah. Before I came over here, I was organizing stuff for taxes and. Um, you know, all that stuff because we're a corporation. So that's, right. you know, not something I went to school for that you had to learn. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I think I'm probably spending about $20,000 here at the end of the year on product because we ran out of things. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's, I guess, in the business world, that's not that big a deal. But to me, it freaks right. me out. Well, you're, you're dealing with a couple of things that, We've had multiple conversations about too. Your your retail product mm-hmm. is being made overseas. It's being shipped into the U.S. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with some some things with like foreign tariffs and things like that. Like how does that affect your industry now? And then what do you think is going to happen if they, you well, know, in the next few years? Like how's how's it going to affect the gaming industry? Well, the tariffs went away. So okay, you didn't know that. I didn't know so that. They, 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 <laughs> they all disappeared. Well, at least the ones for gaming disappeared. Uh, there okay. was supposed to be a new wave on the. I think it was December 13th or 15th, I think 15th. Um, okay. And they they uh, aren't going to happen. So there are some other, there always have been some taxes and tariffs that are built in, but it's essentially what I, you know, what I love to make in the U.S., uh, this stuff, sure. Um, but it's about nine times that's more expensive and they don't even in some of the places i would say there isn't even the infrastructure to do it like yeah plastic molded insert trays so um currently there isn't much of a choice there's a couple of places in the u.s why do we it. think that's what i'm trying to dig into myself too that's a tough thing for me as a business owner too because there's lots of cool ideas that i want especially like to start a brand where there's a product line but I already know, like, I'm going to have to go overseas to get stuff made because it's more affordable. Sure. How do- Just like the, you know, made in Amer- the, the Make America Great Again hats are made in China. It's yeah. insane. Exactly. But so- to make them, uh, because, well, are you asking me why? Well, I don't know if it's a why. I think it's just a general topic, I guess. It's more like, I really want to start some other projects and get involved in certain things, but I, I know that I can't have an American-made product because of affordability mm-hmm. i'm a small guy i don't have this big budget who can just come in and, here you know, and frankly you know, people don't care that much on the from the consumer end they say right. they do but you know our geocaching game the first edition was made entirely in the u.s and the cost was significantly higher and there was a couple of people that said oh i'm gonna buy it because it's made in america but most people were like well the quality isn't the same as it is from china and mm-hmm. blah 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 yeah so um <clears throat> I do believe manufacturing will come back to the U.S., not manufacturing jobs, however, because artificial intelligence and robotics is going to run those factories. Right. And they're cheaper than paying children 10 cents a day <laughs> in China, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that's what they pay them, but that's the main reason. It's labor, that why right. things are cheaper in Costs. China. And so, um, you know, you can have artificial intelligence assembling all these products and doing the things that humans do. It'll be cheaper to make in the U.S. eventually, but yeah, that's a that's a whole scarier topic. It is. And what does everyone do? <laughs> and, we, <laughs> so. and we could probably talk about that one forever. So, very cool. So, lots of good games. Where can people find you online? Where's it's dphgames.com. Just search DPH Games. It is dphgames.com. That's it. What does DPH stand for? I don't know. 
Is it your name? Yeah, it is. It so is. it's <laughs> my first name and middle initial, middle name, okay. sort of, and last name. So, sort of? Well, I don't really have Does it. Does it start with a P? No, I don't have a middle name. Oh, what the hell is a P then? <laughs> <laughs> Bec- on my birth certificate, it's just my first and last name. Okay. But all through elementary school, none of my teachers would believe me. That you didn't have a middle name? Correct. Interesting. And so this just came up at Thanksgiving with my mother. Uh-huh. Um, so when I hit sixth grade, I was raised Catholic, uh, and you go through confirmation, and you have to choose a confirmation name. I took my uncle's name, which was Peter, which is also okay. a biblical name, so you can use it. So then I just started putting Peter on everything. Um, I think it's on my driver's license. This I probably shouldn't be announcing all this. Anyway, it's not on my <laughs> it's not on my passport. But oh, long story um, short, DPH game stands for Daniel Dan Peter. Pat- Peter Peter Hunzik. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, hopefully, if I could sign, find, because now the guy that helps me a lot is Patrick. So uh-huh. somebody had said, who's the H? Because they knew I was Dan. They knew it was Patrick. you got to find a Henry. So I know how to find a Henry or a Hannah. Yeah, that a, makes sense. Uh, Go that direction. The only, the only two I can think of. Deep, yeah, I can't help you there either. I, well, I actually I have, have a Henry that's a play tester, and I know <laughs> Hannah, but that, anyway. Very cool. So Facebook. Instagram. Yep, yep. What else is there social media-wise? Uh, Twitter. Twitter, okay. And then obviously the website, all under DPH Games. Yes. And if you go on Google and put in DPH Games, you'll just get pages of DPH Games. Yeah, I think Games it was stuff. six pages or so, yeah. Link- good, Link- LinkedIn is probably just me. I'm not that active there. but You're not active. What's the best way for people to get directly in contact with you if they have like comments or uh, Email info at DPH Games. Okay. Works. Dot com. Dot com. Got to need that part. Right. Perfect. Well, thank you for coming in. Uh, it's super exciting to try this podcast thing out, this new platform. So cool that I got a guest in the studio. You're the first one to do this. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I would have shaved and worn a better shirt, but hey. I, you know what? San Francisco, if you can't see the logo on that thing, I mean, they're kicking some booty in the NFL right now. Yeah, but not when this shirt was made. It's a little <laughs> old. <laughs> but they are. Very cool. All right. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Yep. Thank you for listening to the show. Please take a minute to head over to www.savfair.com and subscribe to our publication.